Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Weston Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. Open your Bibles, please, to um, Ephesians, chapter 4, starting in verse 11. You know, um, I was just just thinking something, um, something, a a job for you. Um, You know, you you pick up the the prayer list and, and take that home with you and everything else. Folks, um, we got quite a few people. Um, that went north for um, the holidays and stuff. And, and to tell you the truth, I, I, you know, I, good grief, pray for them, will you? I don't know. I don't know what kind of situation where they're stuck. We do have some that did made it, make it back by the, by the skin of their teeth. Um, that, that, you know, it's... Uh, I've been trying to tell you, man, that's lousy up there. You know, if it's not freezing and icing over, it's, it's uh, melting. And I mean, I've seen January thaws. That was always a, a part of living up north. But man, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, it's, it's terrible. Uh, we have, you know, we have kids in, in uh, Virginia and, and uh, um, up in, in Maine. And, and I, I got... Uh, on, on my phone with, with the weather, I can get on my phone, I get alerts, and, uh, uh, and, and, and it's going off all the time for, for uh, up, up north. I, I check out Attica, I check out Wilson, New York, I check out Skowhegan, Maine, and, and, uh, and it's flood watch, flood watch, flood watch. That's after um, uh, winter warnings of, of, you know, sub, sub, sub freezing weather. And, and I know it's nice to be with family, but wow, pray for them, will you? Um, just pray for their safety. It's, it's scary. It's downright, downright scary to be up in, in, uh, up in that area. Um, okay, that's that. Let's all stand for the reading of God's word. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much 
just for the opportunity to be here, to worship you, to know that, that as we're here together, singing praises to your name, opening your word together, reading it together, knowing that you're here. Father, I ask your blessing upon each and every heart that, that is here. Father, open it as only you can. Open our eyes as only you can to the glory of, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. And I pray this in your most precious name. Amen. You may be seated. Please, please uh, leave those Bibles or apps or whatever it is open. I, I got an email um, the other day, and, and I'm, I'm going to read it to you. Um, it's, it's cute, but it's, it, there's a lot of truth in it. And, uh, and it kind of, as I was, I'll tell you how, my, how the sermon went, went this week. I, I started out um, early in the week. And, uh, and, and wrote, wrote down the, the first point and then thought about it and thought about it and thought about it and yesterday threw out the whole thing and started all over again. And as I was doing that, this came to me. All right, I, I thought about it, and so I'm gonna, I want to read it to you. Um, it's, it talks about a daughter and a, and a mother. And it says, A daughter was telling her mother how everything was going wrong. She's failing algebra. Her boyfriend broke up with her. Her best friend is moving away. And meanwhile, her mother is baking a cake and asks her daughter if she would like a snack. And the daughter says, Absolutely, Mom, I love your cake. Here, have some cooking oil, she says. Yuck, says the daughter. Oh, how about a couple of raw eggs? Oh, that's gross, Mom. Well, would you like some flour then? Or maybe some baking soda? Mom, those are all yucky. Well, to which the mother replies, Yes, all those things seem bad all by themselves, but when they're put together in the right way, they make a wonderful, delicious cake. See, God works the same way. Many times we wonder why. He would let us go through such bad and difficult times, but God knows that when he puts these things all in his order, they always work for good. We just have to... Trust him, and eventually they will all make something wonderful. You know, it's, I think the optimal word there, the one that, you, that, I, that I want you to pull out of there, is trust. It's trust. Bad things happen. Um, and, and believe me, Christians are not, especially Christians, are not immune to this. But trust him. Trust him in this. And, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I want you to trust him. We ourselves are a work in progress. From the very, very moment that you accepted Christ as your Savior, from the moment that, that you, you opened your heart to him, you gave your life to him, something changed. You're a new creation. And, and salvation, just like that, just like that, happens. But, but the finished product that you are, eh, that's a different story. Um, that takes a while. 
We, all of us here, it doesn't matter. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 50, 60, 70 years. You're not done. You're not done. And, and God is still going to, he's going to show you things. Sometimes, the older we get, sometimes he has to remind us of things. But yet, he's still dealing with us. See, he never gets to the point with, with any one of us where he goes, ah, this one's perfect. Poof. Now I can work on this one. It, it just doesn't work that way. It doesn't. And, and we're constantly going through, through changes. It's like bad things can happen. But, but when you put all of that together, and it, may, it, it, it shows us something. Our faith can grow. He's, he's doing something. He's, he's making a cake, okay? He's making a cake with you. He's going to turn out something that is just awesome. But we're not done. So I'm not, don't get the wrong idea, I'm not calling you all half-baked, but (laughs) understand, (laughs) understand this. God has a plan for you. Now, listen, this is something that, that I, I, believe me, been there, done that. People, people almost think, All right, how many of you in school sat in the back row? Oh, see, now, either the rest of you are nerds, or or you're not just just not telling me the truth. Thank you, Stephen. I sat in the back row. Why did I sit in the back row? Because the teacher can't see that far. Okay, wait a minute, let me take this a little farther. How many of you like to sit in the back row of church? Ah! Do you know what that really means? It means you're flying under the radar. You're flying under the radar. That God can't see you. That's why you sit in the back row. A teacher doesn't see you. They don't want to call on the person in the back row. They want to call on the people in front because that's where all the smart kids are. And, and they're the ones um, that when the teacher asks a question, they're going to give them the right answer. And the teacher doesn't have to worry about those guys in the back row. Sheesh. And, and so we me, thought that we were flying under the radar. And you see, that's how we look at our Christian life. We think that, that uh, I'm a Christian, good enough, good enough. That's all it takes. That's all it is. That's all he said I had to do. You're not reading your Bible very well. You're not reading it. Um, because there is no such thing as flying under the radar with God. He knows you. He knows where you sit. And, and, and he knows your heart. And I say it a lot of times that, that he knows you better than you know yourself. And, and, and I'm not joking with that. That's not just saying. That's just not something just to say to fill up time. He knows you. He knows who you are. And, and the moment that you accepted him as Lord and Savior, he already had the plan laid out in what he was going to do with you. And, and in most of our cases, when we think that, that we're flying under the radar, that God's not going to see us, that we don't have to do anything. We really don't. Because he doesn't see us anyway. I'm one uh, amongst millions of Christians. How, how, how would God know who I am? He does. He does. And, and folks, he has a plan for you. 
And, and the thing is, is that when you truly trust that he has a plan for you, when you, when you admit that, you see, that's what happened to me. It did. What do you mean God is calling me into ministry? I'm old. He didn't care. You see, you can't come up with the excuses. They don't work. I've watched people who have been called into something, called into a ministry, called to do something special, and they turn their back on it and they walk away from it. And he keeps hitting them, keeps hitting them, keeps hitting them. I was uh, in a ministerial association meeting this, this last week, and I, had, uh, I listened to this assistant pastor. Assistant pastor stood up in the meeting, and, and he says... He was telling the story how he was called into ministry. And, and he fought it and fought it and fought it. And so he, he has just an awesome, pa- an awesome pastor um, that, that is the, the lead pastor. And, and he's, so, he's so caring. He's so gentle. He's, so, um, he's just so good with him. And, and, and he says... I don't, God is calling me to do this in the ministry, um, which was, you know, um, working with the homeless and all of that. And he says, I'm just a second-class pastor. Oh, and you have got to be kidding me. Buddy, you don't get it. God doesn't do anything second-class. He does not. He calls you for a purpose, a purpose. And you can try and walk away from it, and you're going to have the guilts. You'll have the guilts. He'll hit you with it. He'll hit you with it. And it's, it's just it's the way that he works. But if you, once you get to that point saying, I know God, God wants me for something. He's leading me to something. Then you, then you search it out, and you want to find out what, what it is. And, and when you decide... And when you truly believe that that God has a plan for you, you change. Now, this is more than just becoming that new creation. What you're doing is is allowing God to take that new creation and to mold it and to shape it. You know, you've heard the idea of of the clay and the potter, right? That's what that's talking about. The clay is us. And the work that he does with us is on that potter's wheel as he shapes us into who he wants us to be. Does he, is he shaping us into, be, and he, in, into this beautiful, beautiful pot? And then he says, I want that pot to sit right there. No, it don't work that way. It doesn't. But you see, once you come to the point of saying, yeah, he's, he knows me. And, and he's, got a, he's got a plan for me. Let me tell you what the change is that happens within you. You change from being a fan to being a follower. That's where the change comes in. And, and I'll tell you, the Bible is full of fans. They're full of fans. Um, let, let me give you an example of that. As Jesus rode into Jerusalem on that donkey... We call that Palm Sunday as they were laying, laying the palms before him and all the people by the side of the street were, Yay, Jesus, King of the Jews, 
Here he comes. Isn't he awesome? Laying the palms down before and throwing their coats on the ground before. Yay, Jesus! And a couple of days later, it was crucify him. That's what, that's, that's a fan. Team Jesus wasn't doing too good a, a few days later, and so it was crucify him. See? Fans. Fans. I'm convinced. I'll tell you what. Watch. It's coming. I'm convicted to do a whole sermon on that one right there. Because that's where to, when, when you don't accept the idea that Christ wants you to do something, when he's got a plan for you, then you're kind of fanning it here. You're fanning it. And if you watch sports, you know that one of the toughest things to be is a fan of the Chicago Cubs. Wow. Wow. I got to admit, I think it might be easier to be on the team of the Chicago Cubs than it is to be a fan of the Chicago Cubs. But um, it's still that you get the, get the idea of that concept. But you see, here's where I want you to be this morning. Here's what I want you to think about. If you believe that God has a plan for your life, if you believe it, and you need to believe it, but if you believe it, then he will provide your needs to achieve it. He does not leave you hanging. Folks, if he, if, if he didn't give you what you need, you know, there's that, that old one out there, God doesn't call the qualified, he, call, he qualifies the call, is a very, very true statement. I never realized how, how true a statement that was. But if he called, if he called the qualified, wow, um, what an arrogant bunch of people you, you would have in, in the Christian faith, and that's why, well, I won't get into that. But, um, you know, once, once, once you understand that he has a plan, he's going to provide what you need to carry out that plan. And so with that in mind, how could the church be any different? How could the church be any different? God has a plan for you. He has a plan for the church. And if you think about it, God's plan for you and his plan for the church have to be intertwined because we are the church. Do you see? The two of them have to go together. They have to work together. Because we are one. We are one. The church is not... That's why it's so important that you understand that the church, that Trinity, is not this building. It's you. It's you. And if God has a plan for your life, guess what? It's going to include the church. Intertwined. Intertwined. It just has to work that way. God's plan for this church, it includes you. It does. It, it isn't just for one person or, or, or a handful of people in the church. It includes every member of, and, 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 every, and every attender. It belongs in, into this plan. God, God, I'm not knocking membership here, but, but it, it isn't. You don't have to come up and become a member and then, and then God say, okay, well, now that you've done that, now I can tell you what you're going to... No, it doesn't work that way. It's an individual thing. It's an individual thing. Yes, we love to have you join. We, we like to know and, and, and look at, at commitment. And that's what that's all about. But, but folks, this family, this church... 
There, there is a plan. And this goes beyond, now I'll tell you, wait now, this goes beyond the goals that we're led to set, and this goes beyond the goals that, that I'm going to uh, give you uh, at the meeting today. Folks, I, I, wish, I wish you had my perspective. I, I wish that, that each and every one of you could, could stand here and, and look out at you. I wish you could. Um, but it just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. God, folks, over the past, I, well, I've been here since October 2010. I have watched a transformation. He's transforming something here. He's, he's building, building something here. He's, he's transformed an, an attitude, and, and he's provided us and continues to provide us with with different talent in, in different areas. And, and as I stand up here and I look out at you I, and I can see that there is an excitement. I can see it. I can see it. As, as we did, as we did the, the, the um, shoeboxes, looking out at you, it was amazing. I could see you getting excited about something and about the angel tree. Oh, my goodness. Man, I, I, if you, that, was a, that was amazing. He's provided us with you. He's provided us with the talent that we need to do the job that we need in this community. He, he, he didn't say, go do this or go do that and go find the people. Do it yourself. No. He provided us. And, and that is the trust that we've had. I, uh, since I came here, I went, man, we need, we need a youth pastor. We need one more than anything. Man, do we need a youth pastor here. And, and, and I kept being told, when it's time, he'll show you. When it's time, you'll get it. And, and I was sitting in that meeting that day, and I knew everything that Justin was going through. And I, and I, I God's honor, he hit me right in the head with a brick. And he said, hey, stupid, look. And, you know, it, it just, we weren't talking about it in the church. I talked about it. I knew. But all of a sudden, and there he was. And, and that was something that was so vital. But he provided, the Lord provided. He provided. This, these are the amazing things that, that God does. He doesn't just say, I want you to do it, not just go figure it out for yourself. He provides what you need in your life and what we need here in the church. Look at verses 11 and 12 again. Oop, sorry, got to turn. Eh, I'll do it up here. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of, the, of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. There's a reason for this. There's a reason that we're here today. You see, do you catch that? He himself will provide what we need. Equipping of the saints 
for ministry. Do you get it? We equip. We equip for ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Edifying of the body of Christ. For the growth. For the strengthening. All of this. That's what it's about. For the growth and for the strengthening of the church. Do you see how his plan works for his church? Do you see what, what my job is here in the church? It's to help you grow. It's to help you grow. Why? For the ministry, for the edifying of the church to grow this. Not that we just, oh boy, we're big. No, for touching hearts. When you look at, at ministries out in, the, out in the community, or feeding the homeless or, or doing, you know, clothing the naked, doing, doing whatever. Folks, yes, it's a handout, but it's a seed planting. It's a seed planting. Because if anybody can depend on anything, it's the church. Don't depend on the government. We're, we're, we're not trying to rope you into something. We're trying to plant a seed in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. You see, and my job, my job is to, is to teach, is, is to help you to grow, is to take this ministry and allow this, this, this ministry to grow. To edify the body of Christ. Wow. So you see, equip you for ministry to strengthen the body of Christ. And if you strengthen the body of Christ, you've added to the kingdom of God. Folks, isn't that, isn't that it? In all that we do, it is to add to the kingdom of God. To bring people to a working knowledge, a loving knowledge, a secure knowledge of Jesus Christ in their lives. That's my job. You see, I, I've, I found out the other day, and I think I had seen a trailer on it, that, that um, there's a, a new reality show coming out called The Preachers of L.A. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And they drive Bentleys, and they drive Ferraris, and, and uh, guys, don't, don't even, don't even go there. Don't even go there. Um, thank you for the, for the uh, carport that you gave me. My, my Bentley was getting a little hot out in the sun. Um, so, you know... What, what that will do will cause people to look at that and go, those stinking preachers. You know, that's all they want. I, I went to, when I, when I was, I remember what grade this was in. Sixth grade, Mrs. Stoll was my, was my sixth grade teacher. She was a no-nonsense kind of lady, but, but she was a, um, she was a good, good Catholic lady. And uh, I remember one time I, I told her, I didn't really get the whole difference here anyway, but I told her one day when I went there, I said, we, we had a missionary at our house for dinner yesterday, uh, you know, on, on Sunday, because yeah, missionaries come to church and someone had to take them home and feed them, so mom and dad used to do that. And I said, we had a missionary come to our house yesterday for dinner. And she says, oh, that's wonderful. What church do you go to? Attica Baptist? No. Oh. <laughs> 
didn't count. <laughs> but, you know, one of the kids in my class one time, and, and Mrs. Stoll wasn't afraid to talk about church, and she said something about bells ringing. And if you ever came from a small town, a lot of times that's what you would hear on, on Sunday mornings would be the, the bells chiming. And, and uh, this, this kid in my class one day said, Yeah, my dad says um, the bells, when they, when they ring, they're saying, Come to church and bring your money. Wow. <laughs> you think that Mrs. Stoll was upset with me? Wow. You should have seen her. She, she had a poor kid. And, and you know, um, those are the things that you run into. That is... People think, hear that, and they, they think, you know, they think all preachers drive Bentleys if they don't know the difference. Obviously, um, his dad wasn't, wasn't uh, much of a churchgoer. Um, in fact, he probably didn't go at all. And that's all that meant to him. Nothing about salvation, much, nothing about Jesus Christ. Just give me your money. And you see, sometimes people who don't go to church, this is what they think. They think that that's what this is all about. Well... You know, when people join the church, never once have I checked their account to find out how much they could give because their soul is worth more to me than any bank account could ever give. And, and when, when I stand before the Lord, he's going to know this is, a, this is an equal opportunity. I'm an equal opportunity offender, and I'm an equal opportunity pastor. And, and it doesn't matter to me how much money you've got. Um, I just want to give you Jesus. And that's, and that's, really, what this is, that's really what this is all about. Um, you know, when we think about the plans that he has he, and how he wants the church to work, the church itself is a well-oiled machine. It, it really is. It's a well-oiled machine, and there's a lot of churches that are hitting only on a couple cylinders because we let everything else get in the way. And, and folks, this, this ministry that we have is to build the body of Christ. It is to save souls for Jesus Christ. Um, and, and when you think about how the church is supposed to work, God gives us a plan. It's, it's right here in Ephesians. He tells us how this should work. And if God says that this is how it's supposed to work, you know something? It's going to work. It's going to work. It's only when we forget a part and throw a part out that it doesn't. It's this right here will, will work. And so when we speak of the body of Christ, we're speaking of what? We're speaking of, of, of one body. You got a plan. He's got a plan for you. And when we speak about the church, we're speaking about this one body. And and we call it the body of Christ for for a reason. Because we're all one body, but we're all different parts. The head of it is Jesus Christ. That's what this is all about. Every part of the body is sitting right here today. Every part. Every part. And we just need to be moving in the same direction. You see, 
Your, your body, when something isn't heading in the same direction as the rest of it, you, you, have you ever hit your thumb with a hammer? Oh. And do you realize how good you are with no thumbs? Have you ever tried to, to do something without thumbs? Because, do you ever realize how many times you run your thumb into something when you've hit it on, you know, when you've hit it with, oh, and, and how much that hurts? You see, it's, it's amazing how difficult it is to do the simplest tasks when, when the body isn't working together, when you've got a sore thumb. When you, the, the simplest tasks you can't get through because you can't grab, grab, you can't grasp, you can't... The church is the same way. You see, this, is it any wonder why the term body of Christ was associated into the church because we all are a part of that body. You see, it's because there are so many moving parts that we need to, to move in the same direction. Folks, let me be point blank about this. The body of Christ here at Trinity needs you. I know this sounds like I'm trying to get you into the service. I know this sounds like Uncle Sam, but I'm really, I'm not joking. The body of Christ here at Trinity needs you, needs you. Where there are no insignificant parts. There, there is no young. There is no old. I can't do this because. No, no. When the goals come out, you're going to understand this. But folks, we need you because you're a part of this body. And because you're a part of this body, we don't move smoothly with, without you. The body of Christ needs you. When, when I go on, a, or when, when someone goes on an Emmaus walk, you've heard me talk about this before, at the end of it, um, give it away now. Um, at the end of it, you get a cross. Um, and on that cross, it says, Christ is counting on you. And when we give out those crosses, um, we have them say back to us, and I'm counting on Christ. But you see, Christ, Christ is counting on you. God has a plan, a plan for you. And the plan that he has for you is one that includes Trinity. Folks, we need you. We need you. Christ is, is counting on you. So am I. So am I. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you. You don't put things together that are not perfect. It's, it's only us that can mess, can mess things up. But your plan for your church is perfect. It is without fail. And, and you have laid out what you need your church to be. It's perfect. It is without fault. And it was paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, I ask your blessings now, your blessings upon every person in this room, 
that, that you would do a work in them that could only be described as coming from you to show them the plan that you have for them and how that just works together into the body of Christ here at Trinity. Father, bless us as, as only you can. And I pray this in the most precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.